reasons for hope and reasons for fear on this episode of the Grey Snapper. All right, so welcome to the Grey Snapper podcast. I am Jess Arns. This is a podcast of Grace Church of Napa Valley. Uh, t- recently, we recorded a, uh, a video uh, that was uh, for a, an addiction recovery uh, ministry, and they asked us to do um, a couple of videos on 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And so we decided to go ahead and take the audio of that and go ahead and share that with you. And this is just, of course, just part of what they would be sharing with people who are dealing with addictions and stuff, but it applies to every single person. And so we'll go ahead and share that with you, and uh, hopefully it'll be of benefit to you. Hi, my name is Jess Arns, and I'm a pastor here in Napa Valley. If you're watching this, the chances are that you or someone you love is in a serious battle with addiction. And there's two main things that I want to communicate to you right now from God's Word, the Bible. And I'm holding one right here. If you want to know God, you can get to know Him through His Word, the Holy Bible. And God's Word communicates a lot about who He is and what He wants and what's going on in the world. But there's two things I really want to highlight for you today. And that is, first, that there is great hope for you, no matter what you're going through. There's great hope for you. But secondly, there's also a reason for you to be afraid. But I want to start with the hope. God offers massive amounts of hope for those who are in addictions and who are stuck in a pattern of sin. You see, sin is anything that falls short of God's glory, that refuses to worship God, refuses to live their life for God, or disobeys God. And uh, if you're wondering if you're a sinner, you, you may not be convinced of that. But the Bible says that if you love anything more than God, that that is sin, that is idolatry. You're worshiping something other than Him. Uh, that demonstrates itself in the willingness to lie, the willingness to dishonor parents, the willingness to, to, to uh, cheat and to steal, uh, to commit adultery. There's all kinds of things. Violence. You may be very well aware that you are a sinner deserving of God's judgment, that you, you feel condemned for your sin, and rightfully so. But what I want you to know is that there is great hope for you, that there is hope for forgiveness of sin. Forgiveness is where, where God releases you from the condemnation that's due you for your sin. He releases you from the judgment. That means that there's hope to not go to hell because of your sins that you can have a right relationship with Him. And John 3.16 says this, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. You see, not being condemned, not sent to hell, you won't perish, but you'll have eternal life. That's what John 3.16 says. And He offers this salvation to all who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And one of the first things that will happen when you believe is that you will confess your sin to God. First John 1 John 1.9 says this, that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and He is righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You may feel dir- dirty for your sins. He promises to cleanse you, to treat you, and think about this, even though day after day you have sinned terribly, day after day, He promises that if you confess your sins, trusting in Jesus, they will be forgiven and cleansed. You'll be treated by Him as though you never committed a single sin. Not one. That's amazing. 
So there's hope for forgiveness, but there's also hope for change. That's number two. There's hope for change. You don't have to stay the way that you are. You don't have to keep giving in to sin. You don't have to keep being an angry and bitter and selfish and proud person. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, If anyone is in Christ, that is Jesus, he's a new creature. The old things have passed away, and behold, new things have come. You're new in Christ. You don't have to keep living the way that you have. And Philippians 1.6 says this, that I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. So you can change, and God guarantees that you will change. God guarantees that he will complete the work he started and that one day he will perfect it. That means that there will be a day when Jesus comes again, when you will never sin again. You will never do wrong again. You will never give in to temptation ever again when Jesus comes. And that is an amazing promise of hope. Well, you're promised forgiveness, you're promised change, and you're also given hope for heaven. There's future blessing coming your way if you are a believer in Christ. 1 Peter 1.3 says this, that God, according to his great mercy, has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. This is a hope that is alive. It's not a dead hope, and it's not a long shot hope. This is a for sure thing that will happen. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, God guaranteed that all who believe in him will obtain in a future inheritance, which is what verse 4 says. This inheritance is imperishable and undefiled. You might be someone who has completely messed up your life. You've blown all of your money. You, you are living uh, at poverty level. You have, uh, you've destroyed relationships with your family. Maybe, maybe you've even lost an inheritance here. But God has promised an inheritance to all who believe, and that will not perish. It will not fade away. It, it will always be there, and it is reserved in heaven for you. And it is, verse 5, protected by the power of God. There's no one more powerful than God. He is protecting your inheritance through faith. And so you have hope for forgiveness. Uh, there's hope for change. And there's hope for heaven, that things will not always be as they are now. The hardship that you're going through will one day be done, and you will enter into the glory of God. And so for the time being, he promises that you will have what you need to endure. And that is the last one, hope for endurance. 2 Peter 1.3 says this, that he has, his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. How much? Everything. There's not one thing that is left out of that. God has granted to us, that is to you if you believe, everything that you need for life and godliness. That means that if you believe in him, even though you are struggling with sin right now, you don't have to anymore. You can overcome. You can live a life of godliness. And that comes through a couple of things. Through the true knowledge of him. That's through Jesus. The true knowledge of him. That means that you know the facts about him that has been revealed in the Bible. And that you believe that. And that you live a life of obedience to what he has said. That is the true knowledge of him. And then verse 4 says this, By this true knowledge, he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises, so that by these promises, you may become partakers of the divine nature. Isn't that amazing? 
you, by faith in what God has promised, are a partaker of God's nature. You have a share in His nature. No longer are you dominated by sin. You have His nature living in you. And it goes on in 1 Peter, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Lust is sinful desire, strong desire for that which is sinful, that which is against God. That is addictions and lusts and pleasures and greed. That has corrupted the world. We have escaped that corruption by the promises of God. And so, therefore, you have everything you need. In Jesus, God has provided everything. In His Word, He provides the wisdom that you need to discern right from wrong, good and evil. But He also provides the wisdom that you need to navigate your life well. That means that not only do you, are you forgiven and given future promises and all this kind of stuff, but He gives you the wisdom in His Word to know how to deal with the issues of life. It's all found here in His Scripture. And not only that, not only does he give you promises, not only does he give you uh, wisdom to navigate life skillfully, he gives you his Holy Spirit to dwell in you. His Holy Spirit, it comes in you, and that empowers you to follow him, to do what he says. That means no matter what situation you're in, you have what you need. And this is also amazing. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says this, that you will have what you need in the moment of temptation so that you can resist it. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, here's the direct quote. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man. Okay, and stop right there. What you are going through is not unusual. The temptation is common to man. Now, there are some people who don't go through the exact same thing, temptations that you are, but there are lots and lots of people going through the same types of things that you are. You're not alone in that. It's also important to understand that you are not a special case. You, your temptation is not stronger uh, beyond what God has uh, designed for you to be able to endure. Because it goes on in 1 Corinthians, it says this, God is faithful and He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation, He will provide the way of escape also so that you will be able to endure it. You see, if you're a believer, God is supernaturally protecting you so that you will never have to sin against Him. Now listen, you, you will sin. We will, we will continue to deal with temptation and from time to time we will give in. Hopefully for, through the course of your life, you're growing in your ability and your resolve to resist temptation. But you have to understand something. As a believer, God is protecting you so that, so that you don't have to sin in the moments. He will limit the power of the temptation, it says here, so that it is not stronger than your, than your ability. It might feel that way, but you have to not believe your feelings and actually believe God's word. You might feel like you have to give in to temptation, and God says here, no, you don't. I've given you what you need. I am limiting the temptation, and it says, he is providing the way to bear up under it, a way of escape, okay, the way to get out of it the way to endure it, like a ship finding a harbor in order to ride out a storm. Or perhaps maybe you've been homeless and it's raining and you find a shelter to ride out the storm, to, to endure, to survive the storm. For you, God is providing the way so that you don't have to give in to temptation. And so there's an amazing amount of hope for you. Forgiveness, change, heaven, 
and the ability to endure temptation. But let me also urge you, because of all these promises, don't stay where you are. Don't be passive. Because of God's mercy and by His grace, you can confess your sins to Him. You can turn from it. Open your Bible. Believe it and obey it. If you truly believe in Jesus, then you have hope. And in Jesus, you can resist every temptation that comes your way. So hope is a strong motivation to give up sin and to follow God. But it's not the only reason. The other reason is fear. You have reason for hope, but you also have reason to fear. Because if you do not turn from sin, there are warnings of destruction and great pain for you. And so I would be unfaithful if I didn't warn you of the destruction that awaits you if you decide to continue in sin rather than obey the Lord. Let's circle back to 1 Corinthians 10, 12. Paul says this, the Apostle Paul writing this, he says, Therefore, let him who, ta- let him who thinks he stands take heed that he does not fall. In the context there, he's talking about people who think that they can dip their toes in sin, that they can hang around temptation, and that, they, that they'll be able to resist and they can just put themselves in harm's way, uh, or that they can sin and God's going to overlook it and it's not really a big deal and you can just keep giving in to temptation. He says, if you think that you stand in that, take heed that you do not fall. Again, we just read this verse, verse 13. No temptations overtaken you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but will provide with the temptation a way of escape also so that you'll be able to endure it. See, that verse has two sides to it. It is There's great hope that you can change and endure temptation. And if, and if you are really wanting to stand up to temptation, this verse gives you a lot of hope. But also, this verse is saying that if you give in to sin, you don't really have an excuse for giving in. And therefore, you should be very, very careful because God will judge those who walk in sin thinking that it's no big deal. Verse 14 ends there. He says, Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. You see, idolatry is the love of anything more than God, the worship of anything more than God. And you know that you have an idol, something you worship more than God, if you're willing to sin to get it, or if you're willing to sin in order because you didn't get it. See, there's two, two things that you can point to. If I sin, if I get sinfully angry, if I steal, if I lie, in order to get something, then I've got something I love more than God. Or if I do those things because I didn't, if I retaliate, I lash out in anger or again, steal or whatever it is, slander others, I have something that I love more than God. And God is not going to let that pass. Okay, And so I need to warn you of God's judgment. If you hear of God's offer of forgiveness and reject it, Okay, there's only one offer of forgiveness, and that is through faith in Jesus Christ. And if you reject that, if you reject the offer that if you turn from your sins, put your faith in Christ, you'll be forgiven. If you reject that, there's nothing, no other way for you to be right with God, no other way for you to be forgiven, and all that's left is judgment and hell for you. Well, you might have accepted God's offer of forgiveness, 
uh, and by faith in Jesus, but you continue to deliberately live in disobedience to his commands, even after he's provided everything that you need, thinking that you won't face severe consequences, you need to take heed. Don't play with sin. Don't play with sin. God, he takes that seriously. In fact, in 1 Corinthians, in chapter 10, he talks about here, let me just read this to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses uh, 1 and following. The Apostle Paul again writing this. I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea. These were people in the Old Testament and in the Bible who had seen the miracles of God and they followed him. They all saw the miracles and they all, they all saw what God had done. They knew that the, the one true God was the God that was revealing himself in the Bible. But God was not well pleased with most of them. For they were laid low in the wilderness. This is a story of the Israelites being led through the wilderness by God, and yet they kept disobeying God. And so God, well, He judged them. Let me, let me go on in verse 6. He says, These things happened as an example for us, so that we would not crave evil things as they also craved. You see, it's, it's one thing to acknowledge that there's a one true God, but it's another thing to to submit our cravings and our, and our desires to Him. Here, the, the, the Israelites craved evil things in the wilderness. They craved, they wanted to go back to, to Egypt uh, where they were slaves. They liked all the food and they liked all the idols and all this kind of stuff. And, um, and so it goes on and it says, do not be idolaters as some of them were. Uh, verse 8, nor let us act immorally as some of them did. And 23,000 people fell in one day. They were, there, was one, there was a bunch of people that came from this uh, country of Moab. These, the women came over and they were immoral with the, the Israelites. And the men of Israel were committing adultery with them and they were offering sacrifices to their idols and God killed 23,000 of them. They were acting immorally. Verse 9 says, let us not try the Lord as some of them did, and they were destroyed by the serpents. They were complaining against God's leaders. They were grumbling against the, the decisions that God had uh, uh, given to Moses as to what they were to do, and they, they rebelled against him, and God sent snakes, poisonous snakes, and many of them were killed. And then verse 10 says, nor grumble as some of them did, and they were destroyed by the destroyer. See, God takes these things seriously. We dare not play with sin. God has given you what you need. Great hope for forgiveness. Great hope for change. Great hope for heaven and endurance. He's also provided what you need so that in the midst of temptation, you can bear up under it. But listen, you need to take that way of escape. You need to obey God because if you don't, God's patience will run out at some point. So therefore, learn from these examples. And don't wait, don't delay, don't wait to turn to God. Don't wait to repent of your sin. Don't wait to confess it. Don't wait to get help. There is great reason for you to turn away from sin, both hope and fear. You can resist temptation because of all that God has done and is doing for you. And you must resist temptation because destruction comes upon those who give themselves to idolatry. So lastly, let me just urge you, by the grace of God, turn from your sin now. Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. Mourn over your sin. 
confess it to him because he is faithful and just to forgive you. And then do whatever it takes. Get whatever help you need. Go to a church, find a pastor, find a counselor. Do whatever you need to give up your addictions, your lusts, your sins, and your idolatry because the, today is the day of salvation. May God grant you grace and repentance as you seek him. Thank you for listening to the Gray Snapper podcast. For more information about Grace Church, you can go to gracenapa.org. And until next time, keep on swimming. Thank you.